Welcome to a Healthy Move podcast. I'm your host, Di Shepherd, a reformed corporate workaholic turned health and wellness advocate and women's fitness coach. I'm also mum to an energetic little boy and Aussie expat with a passion for embracing ways to live a renewed, healthier way of life. Join me each week as I share hints, tips, and real conversations on all things health, fitness, and well-being to help make a healthy move for a life that you love. Welcome back to A Healthy Move Podcast. I'm your host, Di Shepherd, and I'm so glad you're here and tuned into this very special episode with a wonderful guest who is very dear to me. In fact, this is someone who has helped me a lot over the last few years as I overcame feelings of self-doubt and regained my confidence to make my very own healthy move. And this is no other than the beautiful AJ Davis from Change Your Thoughts. Now, AJ is a business mindset coach and rapid transformation therapist, otherwise commonly known as RTT. And through her work, AJ specializes in eliminating limiting beliefs and overcoming mindset challenges like self-doubt and perfectionism, helping women go from procrastinating and feeling stuck to taking imperfect action on what matters most and cultivating more self-belief and freedom. In this chat, we will explore what led AJ to become an RTT practitioner, the common themes she sees through her work, especially with women, and why it can feel so challenging for us to overcome feelings of self-doubt, procrastination, and try new things, and also how RTT can help you break through your limiting beliefs and rapidly transform your thoughts into taking positive action. I'm really excited for you to listen in, so let's dive into my chat with the quite literally thought-changing AJ Davis. Hello, AJ, and thank you so much for joining me on a Healthy Mood podcast. I'm so pleased to have you as a guest with me here today. How are you? Thanks, Di. I'm super excited to have this chat with you, and I'm very good, thanks. Oh, fantastic. So uh, we've known each other for a few years now, I think. Um, And I'm really excited to chat to you today about rapid transformation therapy, otherwise known as RTT, and how it can Mm -hmm. help so many of us. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that probably have not even heard of RTT before. But before we dive into that, I really wanted to sort of go back a little bit and understand about your background and how you came to then work as an RTT hypnotherapist and practitioner. Yes. So I was always in corporate. Um, I've had a lot of corporate jobs and a lot of random corporate jobs. Like it's kind of like a running joke. My friends never really knew what I did because I did things like I worked in crisis management consulting and employee share plans and all sorts of random things. Um, well, so Jack of all have, trades. Yeah, 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 as long as it's not master of none. Um, <laughs> so I did that for a long time, different corporate roles, and never really felt like I belonged. It was never really my thing, but I didn't really know what else there was or even stop to think about it because I used to work a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> so I never really took space or pause to think about, oh, what else could I do? Um, So I pretty much used to work in corporate, burn myself out, 
never took a day off. So I would always have a lot of annual leave build up. Then I would quit and take a break. And then I used to nanny as a palate cleanser between my corporate roles. Not saying that children are a break, just a break from a computer screen and sitting at a desk. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if that would have been much of a break, AJ. No, not as a break. That's why I don't say as a break because parents don't appreciate it and I I'm there, but I love kids, as you know. And so, yeah, it was, for me, it was like, what can I do that's not sitting at a desk behind a computer screen? So nannying was it because I've always loved kids. So I did that for quite a while. <laughs> and then in 2019, I basically this sentence is kind of what it shifted my life was, I don't know what, but not this. No more of this. This is not it for me. So. I quit. I had no idea what else I was doing, but I was done with corporate. Like it was just, I had no, I never, it never crossed my mind to start a business, let alone two. Um, but yeah, it was, corporate was not for me. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It just wasn't my place, wasn't where I fit. And then I started my first business, which was like online business management. I grew that very quickly without any effort (laughs) it was just one of those things because I have a lot of business operational skills like my last role in corporate I was literally called a business improvement manager that was my job so improving businesses that's what I used to do (laughs) so yeah then I started my first business and then I I say that RTT it was just an absolute soul whisper for me and I came across it one day I kept going back to this website and looking at it and looking at it. And I was like, what am I doing? Why do I keep looking at this person's website? This is so weird. And very quickly from hearing about it, um, I, yeah, I just was like, oh my God, I think I want to study this because I've always been really into therapy. I love therapy. Well, not always, but for a long time. And I never wanted to go to uni and get a four-year degree to be a therapist. That's the biggest reason I didn't do it. I've always been the go-to person that gets asked for advice and all those things with my friends, but yeah, never wanted to go spend four years at uni, not my cup of tea. So I came across RTT and I was just, I was obsessed. I was just instantly like, oh my God, what is this? And very quickly I signed up to study and here I am. And here you are, and indeed you are. And I feel like there's quite a few similarities going on there with the theme of burnout because I think my listeners would know that I started A Healthy Move, the podcast, and what is the new iteration of my business because I ended up in a place of burnout from not only my days in the corporate world but also then diving into my own first business and and you know mm-hmm. sort of wanting to do the same thing just doing all the things and not leaving yeah. enough time for myself so I feel I can can relate to your story in some kind of yes. way yeah. yes I know that you've you've helped me personally in our work together so I do want to share that with the listeners in some way at in that that I was able to overcome a lot of my fears and doubts in working with you as an RTT practitioner and hypnotherapist to help rebuild specifically my confidence. That's what I worked with you on, just so that the listeners understand that. But I know there's lots of other things that you can assist with through the power of RTT. Mm-hmm. So what other kinds of things do you find that people come to you for with this kind of modality? 
So it's it's quite interesting with RTT because people come to me about one thing and it's usually the, the biggest thing that triggers someone working with me is feeling stuck. So it's kind of like, you know, that saying, why do we do what we do when we know what we know? Mm-hmm. And it's like knowing something, information's great, but knowing something is not enough to get us to take action most of the time, not all the time, but often. So people will come to me a lot of things about confidence, self-doubt, self-sabotage, but anything to do with feeling stuck, beliefs. Um, I, I work with a lot of women about um, like food and body related things. That's very different to a lot of the other things that I work on. I work with a lot of women in business, especially service-based businesses. But when you are your business, I always say business, parenting, and relationships are the three things that hold up the biggest mirrors to all of our our triggers. So the self-doubt, the stories from the past, the not good enough, that all that kind of stuff is my bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. And are there people, are there particular or particularly one thing that stands out for you that women struggle with the most when they come to you? So confidence is a big thing because it's very overarching, like your confidence impacts a lot of things. So that's an interesting part of my work is that people come to me with one thing and it's not the thing. So it is about if you want to improve your confidence, of course, that's what I will help with. But there's something underneath. There's a story, there's beliefs, there's things going on under the surface that are not visible. So I like to say I make the unseen seen because these stories and things that are going on in the background is what's impacting the confidence. So someone might be like, I want to work on like sales and pitching and public speaking or those sorts of things. And underneath that, it often goes back to a story about not being good enough or being very different and unable to connect with people. And honestly, most of my sessions go back to self-worth, which is really, it makes me equal parts devastated and furious about the, yeah, there's, it's what I call the real epidemic of just unworthiness that we have and don't know because it's so intangible and it lives under the surface. So yeah, it's, it's full on stuff. <laughs> Totally. And I think, yeah, you, you mentioned people getting stuck and that kind of self-doubt and things that people struggle with, like confidence and I guess imposter syndrome. That is a very yeah. big part of that, isn't it? Yeah, imposter syndrome, people pleasing is a huge one, perfectionism, procrastination. These are like, yeah, my wheelhouse and they are things that most of my clients Uh, like find challenging because we have all this conditioning of that people pleasing is a personality trait and it's not it's conditioning it's a trauma response it is not a personality trait no one's born a people pleaser so it's all of these things that we think oh it's just the way I am and no no it's not just the way you are I promise you that no one's meant to be a people pleaser or a perfectionist and that's definitely the way I think I felt before I got assistance from you. I did really feel like it was something that it was ingrained in me and I was brought up to be this way, but I didn't really understand what was going on under the surface and perhaps things that mm. had happened to me in the past, which I guess is that that piece that you talked about with trauma. Can you sort of expand a little bit about on that 
the word trauma. I think sometimes yeah. people see that as a negative thing, but like what does it mean in terms of a rapid transformation therapy session? Yeah, so our beliefs don't always come from trauma. That's the first thing. And the other thing is trauma, it's a very scary word, <laughs> but there's what's known as big T and little t. So big T trauma is something big and traumatic like a car accident. Little t trauma could literally be like your dad never came to your piano recital or something. So it doesn't have to be, you know, in comparison to the huge disasters that happen in the world, doesn't necessarily mean it's this huge epic trauma but and it can be yeah something small but it's very meaningful especially for a child so our beliefs form mostly in the first seven years of our life and they create this blueprint so basically your mind loves the path of least resistance it'll always it's so lazy it will always go to the laziest option available so if you form this blueprint a your mind starts to look for evidence to back up the blueprint and then b it filters out all the evidence that goes against that blueprint that it's building it's very clever and very lazy so it can be something as little as i mean how many of us have a memory of what looking at our mum criticizing her body in the in the mirror or talking about how dessert is bad or something along those lines that's not traumatic in and of itself right that's a tiny little story yeah but if yeah, that story yeah. gets repeated then your mind looks for other pieces of evidence to back up that story and that story can become a blueprint so not all beliefs come from trauma for sure but they come from significant events and usually significant in the sense of this heightened emotion because emotion is like if we're talking about you know it might be super technical but the neural pathways in your brain then the emotion is like the tar and the gravel that's really building the highways of those neural pathways so yeah emotions you'll know I, I talk about emotions a lot in my work and it's yeah so it doesn't have to be this huge trauma like sometimes people will say to me oh but I had a great childhood I don't remember any traumas it doesn't have to be a trauma it can be something as like being left out at school or you know there's little things not that that feels little for a child but there's little things that then become bigger when our mind turns it into a blueprint yeah absolutely and I think sometimes we don't realize that some of those well little t little trauma events that they do actually build a picture that our I guess older self then looks back on as a reference point would that yeah. make sense yeah. yeah so your beliefs form and then they're your beliefs and it's in your mind so your mind has three different parts well it has many parts but these three parts in terms of your mind rather than the makeup of your physical brain and as I said once it's got this blueprint it only wants evidence to back up its blueprint. As I said, it's really lazy. It doesn't want evidence that goes against it. That sounds like hard work. It files that away in your subconscious. So an event that might contradict something. So if you, if you as a seven-year-old got the same piece of information 10 times in slightly different ways, and then one piece of information that counted it, your brain is just going to file that one piece away you probably won't remember it. Your subconscious will remember it, but your conscious mind won't because we have so much information. Our brains can't possibly keep them all in the conscious mind. And then the more evidence your brain can find for that story, the more ingrained it becomes. So if getting left out at a couple of kids' parties, your mind's like, hmm, maybe I'm not a very likable person. Let me find some more evidence to back that up. 
because your mind's number one job is to keep you alive not to see you thrive it's not interested in your happiness it's interested in your safety so i know sometimes when i talk people like think oh my god my mind's against me and it's not that it's against you it's that it's got this primary focus to keep you alive it's much more concerned with that than trivial things like your happiness or your joy It's interesting how the mind tries to keep us safe. And I think when people set out to do new things in particular, it, Mm. um, we struggle in that regard because our mind is thinking, Hey, this is not safe. This is not somewhere that I've trodden before and, um, and tries to bring you back to being safe. Yeah. Your Um, mind loves the familiar. So when you think about you know, how hard is it for like for your clients to go to a new gym, for example? Exactly. It, it feels very like everything is terrifying because your mind is attaching that to a very different meaning, you know. And again, it's got a reference point of something. It doesn't have to be gym related. It could be like, yeah, remember when you were six years old and you tried to join that dance class and you fell over and everyone laughed at you? For a six year old, that's an incredibly painful thing. For an adult, you don't even think about it. That doesn't even live in your conscious mind. You're like, it was, that's a non-event. But your mind is going back to its well-worn path of like, oh my gosh, terrifying, saber-toothed tiger, we're going to lose our lives. Stop. Let's not do that. Totally. <laughs> your mind's dramatic as well as lazy. <laughs> totally, totally. And then I think also, is that is that why we struggle with things like self-doubt? Yeah. When you go to do something new, because your mind loves what's familiar, it doesn't have a way to necessarily predict. So, I mean, it has a way, but it's not using logic to predict what's going to happen. Like we think logic is this predominant force that makes all of our decisions. No, the emotional brain is older than the logical brain. It develops first. And in a battle of emotion and logic, emotion wins 100% of the time. So, you think something logical like i want to do this going to this new gym is in line with my fitness goals for example and your mind underneath like yeah i'm terrified i don't know what to expect everyone will laugh at me i'm going to fall out i don't know what i'm doing blah 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 blah. off on the cycle it goes the logic is not going to beat the emotion the emotion is just like the logic you the logic can temper the emotion to a point where when the emotion feels validated it's dialed down enough for the logic to be like, okay, cool, this is in line with our goals. The emotions dialed down to the point where it doesn't think you're going to die, then you may go to the gym. But yeah. if you don't validate the scary, terrifying emotions, and that's not to say you accept and go, okay, I guess I'm going to die if I go to the gym, so I won't go. That's not the point. But to understand, ah, oh, there's a blueprint here. My brain is freaking out. It's something brand new. This is very unfamiliar. And that's where we do. We have to coach ourselves and be like, oh, well, I'll just go to the door and see what it's like. You know, that whole thing with working out, like you do what? What is it like 10 minutes? If you hate it, you stop. Yes. That's or maybe thing. even just five yeah, minutes yeah. or two minutes. One round or something yeah. is better than none is what I say to people. But, yeah, it's like tip, dipping your toe in the water before you dive into a pool of water. Yeah, because you, you start. The starting is always the hardest, whatever it is, like starting something when it's unfamiliar and scary, it's it's the biggest hurdle to get over. Because once you're doing it, more often than not, you'll just do it, right? Because you're already doing yeah. it. Yes. But starting yes. it, all of the reasons not to are such like roadblocks. Yeah. Yeah. 
And starting often is just the hardest part. But once you get moving, you create that evidence and you can keep going. Yeah. I think also with emotions, stereotypically women can be considered to be much more emotional than our male counterparts. So Mm -hmm. with that, are women more likely to struggle with these kinds of situations? Without getting too high on my soapbox, we're very conditioned to not know our worth. It doesn't serve people who are in places of power when we know our worth. So when we doubt ourselves, we are serving capitalism and patriarchy and all of these systems that are designed that way so it's like if you think of all the messaging that we are constantly given like how many times have you heard a woman described as too much how many times have you heard a man described as too much I've never heard a man described as too much no never I'd like to know too much what but a lot of the women I work with have go back to and when I do regression they go back to memories of being in ballet or something and they're too much they're too loud too colorful they're too active whatever it is to something according to who i'd love to know well i wouldn't because i know it's not necessarily about yeah being more emotional so that's why we doubt ourselves there are many many systems that reinforce the reasons that we doubt ourselves so get those stories from you know we all know that little girls and little boys are treated very differently thankfully we're transforming that and it's not only you know that there are different pronouns and all these things now but traditionally historically that was very much the case you know it's the same thing a woman who is strong and powerful is bossy bitchy but a man who's strong and powerful was a legend different yes yeah we, They're almost we celebrated for being like that, whereas females traditionally are not. Yeah, so it's not a case of, yeah, women are weaker, so they're all more emotional. That's why they're prone to self-doubt and procrastination and perfectionism. It's that they're constantly being told they're not good enough. Like, we have a not good enough story for a reason. We didn't make it up. The story's not coming from us. It lives inside the house now, but it didn't come from inside the house. It came from outside repeatedly. So... Like I said, you hear that piece of information 10 times versus one time, you're going to take the 10 times and let the highway be a well-worn path. And that's why I think we I think I have started hearing more and more in socials and the media in general about, you know, being careful about what you repeat to yourself daily. And that's why affirmations and things like that have become such a powerful thing. There is also, you know, like anything, there's middle ground, which is really great. And then either end of an extreme spectrum is not good. So there there can be, you know, a lot of toxic positivity about like, just stand in the mirror and say you love yourself 10 times a day and that will heal you. That's utter BS. That is not true. But I'm with you. I like affirmations and anything that helps self-talk be more positive and more kind. I always say like, be careful how you talk to yourself because you're listening. And it's so true. And self-talk is, it's so, like, you don't, you're not, until you're aware of it, you're not very aware of it. And it causes serious problems. You're walking around and going, oh, I'm so rubbish. I'm so stupid. Oh, you know, it's doing serious damage to yourself. 
Absolutely. And I think that's that's why women, you know, struggle with, you know, things like self-doubt and confidence and imposter syndrome because, you know, we're hearing those things in the media and we're replaying those things to ourselves all the time unless we can break that chain. And I think now yeah. we're starting to break that chain with the younger generation that is coming through now. We're also, I think, yes, a little bit more aware of those sorts of things too. Particularly yeah, and coming... that's the thing. Everything starts with awareness. Yes, Absolutely. And I think also particularly coming out of, you know, that two or what was probably two years of COVID, um, getting out the other side of that, we've become more aware of, you know, know, living with our thoughts and how we're coming out the other side of that too. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And is that why you think people, you know, struggle with things like self-doubt and confidence and imposter syndrome? So, I mean, it all comes from our beliefs. So our beliefs come from very different places, depending on our lives. The reason that your beliefs are so powerful is like I was saying, they're your blueprint, they're your path of least resistance. So that you're basically like your autopilot programming is what your beliefs are. So your beliefs impact your thoughts. So whatever you believe is going to determine what your thoughts are and your thoughts then determine how you feel and how you feel determines the actions that you do or do not take and your actions reinforce your beliefs so if you do not interrupt a cycle of a limiting belief then it repeats and reinforces itself over and over again so if you're doubting your abilities or you're feeling like trying to be like okay i'm going to do this but it has to be perfect so i have to get it perfect and then i'm going to launch it i'm going to release it i'm going to do the thing perfection doesn't exist so if you're stuck in a loop of I've got to get this perfect and that's your blueprint of okay perfect you know perfectionism is literally just well not just but it's a it's a shield of I don't want to be vulnerable so I'm aiming for perfect so there's no way someone can get in and hurt me so if you're stuck in that and that's your belief and I say that with absolute love because I used to be there 100 percent and if you're stuck in that, that then impacts your thoughts. You're not going to have these great, healthy, wholesome, supportive, energetic, kind thoughts if that's your belief. That is then going to turn into horrible emotions. Like you don't have scary, dark, sad, painful perfectionism thoughts that then turn into wonderful feelings of joy and energy and optimism and positivity. Nope, that doesn't work. So then if you, if those turn into, yeah, tricky feelings, because I don't refer to any feelings as bad, but if it then turns into that, that's not going to lead to positive, nourishing, wholesome, healthy actions, right? Like, so you see how that reinforces. So if you have a story of I'm not good enough, that leads into like, that's your belief that leads into a thought of, well, it doesn't matter if I put this thing out or not, because no one's going to buy it. No one's going to read it. No one's interested in what I have to say. That then turns into feelings of sadness, frustration, disappointment, depression. That's not going to lead to actions of like, oh, well, I'll just launch anyway. I'll just put this thing out there. I'll just bear my soul. I'll just take a risk. It's fine. So that reinforces your belief of, see, that thing that you said you were going to launch this week, that thing you said you were going to do, you didn't do it. Mm, Not good enough. There goes the cycle. So we've got to break it. We have to break those cycles and challenge our thoughts and beliefs because I promise you, Di, like 
most of your negative thoughts and beliefs are 100% BS. That's the scary thing. We walk around and accept them as fact and they are pure fiction or at least 98% fiction. So it's very tricky when you see how much of an impact they have. This is why I'm obsessed with all this stuff and I want everyone to know about it because it's so crucial to challenge it rather than believe it. Yeah. I think some people that are just so stuck there though, like, and they just don't even know how or what modalities like RTT that are out there that can help them through this oh, kind of, of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I say that with like, like with absolute love. Like I wish, I wish it was taught at school, how your mind works much like I wish it was taught, like how to do your taxes and those sorts of things, <laughs> like rather than algebra, like, I've never used algebra. I wish I knew how my mind worked. I wish I learned some meditation or some mindfulness. That would have helped more. Yeah. <laughs> it's changing though. Like even in the school system yeah. now, like I know where my son goes now. They have mindfulness is done every day I after lunchtime, which is so it's beautiful. So and I'm pretty sure it's being done in, in most schools now. So we're definitely on the right path, I think, as yeah. a human race. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> so then we've we've alluded to RTT um, mm-hmm. all the way through this conversation here, yes. but um, I think I just, without going into like the real depths of mm-hmm. RTT, but what can people expect to experience in a rapid transformation therapy session? Is it basically hypnotherapy or is it quite different and can it, vary from person to person the way they experience a session yes it very much varies and it's very different to hypnotherapy in the sense of it's and it's a therapy technique that's amalgamated so it is rooted in hypnosis but we always also use nlp cbt psychotherapy techniques it's all woven in and where it really differs from traditional hypnotherapy is traditional hypnotherapy is very forward looking. So it's very much about what do you want in the future? Very positive. It's great, but it's it's purely forward looking. Where RTT is very different is we use regression therapy as part of it. And we go back and look for the root cause. So that's the whole reason why RTT is so incredibly powerful that we go back and find the root cause and the reason for why, why there's a story, like what the beliefs are, if there's a not good enough, if there's a, yeah, whatever's going on, we go back and find the root cause and it's different for everybody. And from that, we get that specific language and then we move into the forward looking, the upgrading your beliefs, the rewiring of your brain and the neural pathways in your brain, because that once we have that specific language, it's so powerful to your mind because it's so familiar, there's that familiarity again. So when you're using like, when I can use your own language and help you to upgrade your beliefs based on exactly what information your mind is holding on to, it becomes so incredibly powerful to break the initial belief and then upgrade it to something that actually serves you and works with your goals. So it is very different. It's a different experience for everyone. I'm very cautious about saying to anyone like, this is what it's like because different people experience it differently. And I mean, I did a session this morning and she literally like, it, it's, it's basically like I describe it as 
it's like being hyper-focused without trying. So you have your blinkers on, we're talking the whole time, we're going back to different memories, but you don't have to try. So it's kind of like a guided meditation in some ways, but without the effort. And yeah, so it's not like you're sitting there going, ah, oh, I have to try and remember this thing. We just trust yeah. in your subconscious mind and it takes us to where we need to go. And you don't know where we're going to go beforehand and neither do I. So I have a huge range of tools that I can use, but I can't plan in advance which ones I'm going to use because I don't know what's going to be most potent for you when you come to do a session. So yeah, it feels different for everyone, but it is like, that's my, my loose description is that it's like being very focused without trying to be focused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know for me personally, RTT, I will, I will give a bit of a description of what I experienced, but it was a very vivid experience for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember in lots of details, the kinds of things that we discovered, or for me, what I discovered mm -hmm. had happened to me in the past or I had experienced in the past that I just really wasn't aware of anymore as an adult going through my day-to-day -day life. And I think it was it was just so helpful to go back and experience all that and come out of it feeling like I could reference that in so much detail when I stepped back and then came out of the session is is this something that is common for people to experience or would it be you know not the norm or I don't know for me <laughs> but when you know when I've sort of you know sat down with a friend and said oh you should go and do RTD and this is how I experienced it but I'm am I telling them that and leading them down a garden path thinking that that's what they're going to experience too well see it's a funny thing Di because of the way the mind works if you're giving them this pre-information depending on how, especially as someone they trust you're priming their mind to be more likely to experience it that way which is yeah, not a bad thing doing right? that. <laughs> no no it's fine there's there's no the thing is there's no one right way which again i work with a lot of perfectionists who want to get things right that's very difficult for them but also incredibly relieving because you can't fail literally it's impossible to fail at rtt doesn't like whatever happens is always the right thing to happen so some people go back in their regression they go straight back to the like the money scene like whatever the the magical scene is that we're looking for they experience vivid pictures they're very crystal clear on everything that's going on and it's like watching a movie for some people it's completely different they go back to things and they're like i don't know what's going on or i can only see a tiny portion some people don't go back to anything it's never happened to me and I don't think I think it's only happened to my teacher who created RTT a couple of times it's it is different for everybody in the sense of exactly what they'll experience but yeah because you can't get it wrong and often the the depth of hypnosis people are quite worried about that like oh like you know I didn't really feel like I was super deep and it's like there is nothing to measure. I mean, there may be very fancy brain scans, but I'm not doing that in my hypnosis sessions. So the depth, like for some people, they don't move. They like solid for two hours and they don't move at all. For other people, they may move around a bit more. It's, it doesn't impact the effectiveness of the session. So 
it's different. But the other funny thing is like, I'll never know because I'll never only ever know what it feels like to me when I get an RTT session, I can only ever tell you for sure what it is like for me. So yeah, it's, it's a funny thing because it's a very unique experience for everyone. Yeah. And if people experience a really vivid session, do they come out of it remembering exactly what it is? Because I know for me, I remember exactly what happened during the session. Mm, I think, yeah. Have people shared that with you. Sorry. I didn't even think yeah, to no. kind of catch it. No, no, they do. <laughs> yeah. No, no, people do. I mean, often some people, yeah, depending on what we go back to, some people get, you know, lots of memories come up for the next few days, even more things pop up. Um, it just depends. Some Again, it depends how emotional it was. It depends. Um, yeah, most most people do tend to get quite emotional in the sessions because if you're, if you're at that place where you're open to trying something like this and you're feeling really stuck, you're often feeling quite raw. So people are often have, like, their emotions are sitting just under the surface. So, yeah, different people remember different details. And, yeah, I think it just depends on kind of the topics and the scenes we go back to and things like that. And if someone was interested in taking, um, in undertaking an RTT session, is there anything particular that people can do to prepare for a session or is it really just more a matter of turning up completely vulnerable and just ready to just see where the session takes them? Uh, well, I mean, as you know, I do a pre-session with my clients. It's actually not traditional to do that in RTT at all. But for me, I've always done it because it's really important that someone feels comfortable with me and feels a level of trust. There's certain vulnerability in letting somebody hypnotize you. And I want people to feel super comfortable. And thankfully, that's one of my superpowers. So, you know, I do think I chose well with this profession. Yes, (laughs) definitely. Yeah, it's one of those things that you could do no prep and yeah, like I occasionally people will come in and be like, oh yeah, I tried to think of like this, that, and the other, and I'm like, you really don't need to do that. Like, if you if you're trying to come up with the answers before the session, again, you you may be pushing things into your mind that aren't necessarily what we're looking for. So, it, yeah, there's not there's not a certain like there's not prep to do, but it's about yeah being open-minded to it about being prepared to do that kind of work it's not work that I suggest I mean it's not awful or intense or anything it's like most people actually really love it and come out of a session and the word that almost every single person uses at the end of their session is like how much lighter they feel so even today in my session for most of it she was sitting kind of slumped and more like you I could see that her energy felt heavier and when I did the transformation at the end her whole posture changed she was sitting upright she looked a lot lighter like I can often see a difference in looks which is such a weird thing to say but I'm always like oh I wish I could do before and after photos in a session which I would never do but it's just like yeah like to to get answers from your own mind and to have a sense of clarity and belief that you can shift things especially if it's something you've been stuck in for a while is yeah really liberating so there's nothing to do to prepare or anything like that but it's like starting anything really like you 
you want to at least be open to it and curious i think curiosity is the best skill you can develop as an entrepreneur but also as a human being just to see like rather than it being this is it this is the thing that's going to fix all of my problems or any of those things you just like yeah people usually feel a little bit like nervous and excited before they start and they always is this normal and i'm like yeah every single person <laughs> pretty much because it's unfamiliar you know yeah that i mean that was so powerful what you just said answers from our own minds mm. i think for me it just sounds so powerful and you know i think a lot of us are looking for answers to help ourselves through life but if we can find the answers from our own mind, like how powerful is that? I think in itself. That and they're all answers, there. The yeah. answer's oh. already there. <laughs> it is. It 100% is, Di. That's the thing. It's not like like my job, I'm, I'm your tour guide. My job is not to give you, in any of my work, RTT, coaching, any of that, I am not here because I know all the things. That is not what I'm here for. I am here to support you to find your own answers from yourself because you are phenomenal. Every single person listening to your podcast is phenomenal. I already know that for sure. No doubt. It's not, I'm not some guru that has all these great answers. It's like, ah, here's your problem. No, we together, we go on a little mission and find the answers from you. Yeah. 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 Hashtag journey. No, it's so true. I I think that the answers are there all along. But for me, I mean, it was it was very insightful as to what had gone in my past as to being the way I was. And I kept asking myself, why am I the way I am? But the answers were there the whole time. And I didn't even know. So um, yeah, if we want to make changes in our life, then um, I think RTT can definitely help us with that. Do you feel that RTT can help people fast track or break to help us break through yes. those fears of change that we might be wanting or the answers that we're trying to find or the thing that we're trying to change or become? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not the only way for sure. Like people can do some of this work on their own, 100%. Like being aware of your thoughts, challenging your thoughts and beliefs is it easier with someone else? Yes. Can it be faster? Yes. But that doesn't mean you have to do it with someone else. You can definitely even start that process on your own. But the R in RTT does stand for rapid. So of course, <laughs> where it is very different than, than traditional therapy is like a lot of my clients, a lot of my RTT clients do one session and can get huge results and huge shifts on that stuck, blocked feeling. And the beautiful thing about working on your mindset and your inner blocks is that the shifts continue. So it's not to say you'll never have another block again with anything else, but you know, when you work on confidence, for example, that's not one tiny area. Confidence flows into your parenting, into your relationships, into your business, into your health, like the different areas, not at all times because confidence is not a destination, but when you understand a story, that's undermining your confidence and you can be like oh that's right this happened or whatever it is it flows into the other aspects of your life so for sure that is one thing that I do love about it it's a terrible business model but you can get massive results 
from one session because you get huge relief from understanding. And then because we're upgrading and rewiring that belief to something that serves you and serves your goals rather than keeping you stuck, it kind of can happen in the space of four weeks instead of years. And that's the thing for me is like, I've been in therapy for eight years and I love it. And I want to be in therapy for the rest of my life because I'm a fan and I don't trust a therapist who's not getting their own therapy, right? Like that's important. But I also want to help people skip eight years of therapy if I can, because that's eight years of hard work and suffering and far too much money that I don't want to mention (laughs) to, you know, (laughs) overcome some things that are, can cause us massive suffering and the things you like you're again it's, they're not true they're not true stories they're not your beliefs that often come from somebody else like money blocks people's money blocks very really belong to them they're often from partners they're from parents, parents yeah. You know, yeah yeah i love parents i'm very pro parents but i do like to say you've heard me say this more than once nobody gets out of childhood unscathed so mm. <laughs> yes yes for sure um I wanted to ask you also I know in your work anyone who follows you on Instagram including myself mm-hmm. um would see you talking a lot about self-doubt procrastination what would you say to anyone who is experiencing those feelings of self-doubt or procrastination to I guess help them overcome them the first thing I would say is that you are one million percent not alone Die, you know my previous business. I have been behind the scenes of incredibly successful entrepreneurs, thousands, if not tens of thousands of followers. And I promise you, they still experience huge self-doubt and lack of confidence sometimes because we all do. We're human beings. You don't get to a point. There is no level of success or anything health energy whatever it is there is no point in life where you never doubt yourself again it definitely diminishes like i i would you know i definitely would be like i used to permanently doubt myself so much that i just turned it down and pretended wasn't there and i very rarely do now i have a lot of self-belief but i just want people to know that it's super super normal and actually don't waste your time and energy trying to overcome it It's not a good use of your time. Instead, I have this analogy that I got from Liz Gilbert in Big Magic. And it's like, you let the fear, you let the doubt come on the road trip with you, but you don't let it program the GPS or decide when to stop the car. It sits in the back seat. There is space for it. It comes with you. You accept it, but it doesn't get a vote anymore. So that whole cliche quote which I always say cliches are cliches for a reason feel the fear and do it anyway is the most powerful thing you could practice in your life because trying to overcome the fear or waiting for confidence to arrive pointless and saps your energy so trying to fight against it is exhausting and it will lead to procrastination because you've spent all your energy like either trying to criticize yourself out of fear, newsflash, that does not work, or trying to fight it or being like, okay, willpower, discipline, psych myself up, I'm going to smash through this fear, 
don't bother. Just ask it to be quiet. It comes with the ride. Like, yep, cool. I feel nervous about this and I'm going to do it anyway. Because the thing is like your brain needs evidence. So to be able to get past that really scary first time unfamiliar, oh my God, what am I doing? You have to take action. It's the way your brain builds evidence. That's where confidence comes from. Confidence does not arrive. It's not something that comes by, you know, courier. It's not a destination you get to and then cool, I'm confident now. Tick, you have to take action. And as I always say, like with my clients, as I said, I work with a lot of women in business and, you know, talk about Instagram. It's like, oh, but I don't know how to post a reel. Oh, I'm going to look stupid. Newsflash, nobody knew how to post a reel until they posted one. Like, you have to do it. The first time I posted a reel probably took me like an hour and a half. I probably did like 20 takes, probably more for like a seven second clip. But if I didn't get over that and post it, now I wouldn't be posting reels now. And that's, you know, that's a tiny example, but it, Instagram or socials is something that triggers a lot of doubt and stories and things for people. So, yeah, I would say like you are not alone, but please conserve your energy and just know like it's totally fine, normal and actually helpful to feel fear. Because if you didn't have any fear, you'd walk in front of a bus and we don't want that. <laughs> Well, that that's something to end on, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but it's so it's so true, isn't it? It's all just about one step at a time, yeah. moving forward one step at a time. Yeah, yeah and I, I tell you, Di, like most of the women I work with, I ask them this question, especially again, this is how I used to be, and I'll be like, Oh, how do you feel about baby steps? And people always like, Oh, like, nah, you know, like no one it's so not exciting to think about taking one step at a time, doing the little things, repeated actions. But when we, again, this perfectionist, this kind of like big, bold, massive, I want to change my whole life, which I so used to be like, it doesn't work. It gets so overwhelming. We set ourselves up for failure. So yeah, embracing baby steps, very, very critical life skill. Not an appealing one, but I promise you, like, worth it and it will serve you well. <laughs> yeah, and people have to just remember there's lots of ebbs and flows to life and, you know, nothing is ever linear. And if we weren't just, you know, trying to move forward one step at a time, we would just be stuck. We wouldn't be going anywhere. So yeah. I think that's um, a really good way of looking at it. So uh, before we finish up, I um, I always finish with... Um, a rapid fire question, a couple of rapid fire mm -hmm. questions. So are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Go. <laughs> All right. So just short little responses, whatever comes to your mind. What's one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self? Um, other than go to therapy sooner, it would be to that your relationship with yourself is the most important relationship in your life. Oh, I love that. And then do you have a favorite quote or saying that you found helpful in life? I think I just said it. I think the feel feel the fear and do it anyway is very, very powerful. And yeah. I like Henry Ford's quote of if you think you whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. 
both very in line with my work. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, they're perfect. I love those. All right. Thank you so much, AJ. I'm sure the listeners will agree that today has been so insightful and even possibly even wondering how they can experience an RTT session for themselves or how they can find out more about it. Where can people find you or get in touch with you for more information? My website is changeyourthoughts.com.au. That's my business name. Um, And my Instagram handle is aj.mindcoach. And yeah, I, in case you can't tell, love talking about this stuff. So if anyone does have any questions, it does not have to be RTT related, but yeah, if anyone's interested or yes wants to see me talking about procrastination and perfectionism on reels in seven seconds thanks instagram um yeah (laughs) feel free to you know send me a message on insta it's definitely my platform of choice and i'm always happy to happy to chat or help however i can thank you that's amazing and of course we'll link to all those all those social handles and information in the show notes all right thank you so much for joining me and um yeah thank you it's been so interesting and i have totally loved our chat today thanks aj thanks Thanks, di me too super fun well there you have it i hope today's chat with aj has been an insightful one and i hope you're walking away from today's episode knowing more about rapid transformation therapy rtt and how it can possibly help you overcome limiting beliefs and take more positive action in your own life AJ has also kindly left me details for a free confidence boosting audio download to help you overcome your self-doubt. All the details of this and how you can find out more or get in touch with AJ are in today's show notes or you can head on over to her website changeyourthoughts.com.au. And if you did love today's episode, don't forget to take a quick photo of where you are and tag me at a healthy move and let me know what's your biggest takeout from today's chat as I'd love to pop on over and say thanks for listening. Okay, time to get moving with your healthy move. Have a great day wherever you are and I'll catch you on the next episode real soon. Thanks so much for joining me and I do hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you love what you're hearing, please share the love and tell your friends about the podcast. I would be super grateful if you could rate, review or subscribe to help more people embrace a healthy move. For more resources or details about today's episode, you can head on over to ahealthymove.com or reach out to me with your thoughts and ideas about the podcast anytime via Instagram. My handle is at ahealthymove and I'll chat to you on the next episode real soon. 